1: This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered.
2: you see the kick-off tonight oh, and to from telecom telecom. Telecom. We believe in the charity. You can get us guys talking about health and talking about prostate cancer. You need to do it the right way. Look, that right way is to is to talk to them about things that they like, like sport, you know, in particular,
1: football. Hello and welcome to We Are Going Up, a special mini-episode live from the banks of the River Thames. It is Thursday evening. I've just realised my watch doesn't show the date. I think it's the 29th of January. It is. Um, and uh, I'm Mark Crossy. David Cameron Walker is here. We're kind of huddled in a corner away from the noise, which you can probably hear in the background, which is a live broadcast going on on Talk Sport. Tell us more about this, Dave.
3: Yeah, well, Mark Sagas is maybe one of the voices you can hear, isn't the helm of the uh, special broadcast, all in aid of supporting Prostate Cancer UK, who are uh, talk sports official charity partner. You're, they're a charity you will have heard about a lot on our podcast. Official charity partner of the Football League. Exactly. You've seen their, their logos and their advertising all across the Football League for the last few years. Uh, a cause
1: that we believe in, and it's great to be here tonight to, to play a small part. And the free food is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, okay, so coming up, we're going to be you're going to be able to hear quite a few interviews, which we've done in this very glamorous setting, just huddled at the top of the stairs up here. Uh, Mark Bishop from Prostate Cancer. UK um, is going to come on a little bit later tell us all about Man United this year and the whole event tonight. Uh, We're also going to speak to uh, Andy Ambler Chief Executive of Millwall who's going to spare a couple of minutes to chat to us which is uh, perhaps quite admirable considering how they're doing at the minute yeah absolutely um, and
3: I think as you'll as hear from, from Andy he's, you know, he's not hiding you know, he's quite open about the situation they're in and it's not a great one at the moment but you know they're trying to do something about
1: it also coming up a man who is a football encyclopedia Mark Langdon from the Racing Post you were telling me all about your, your awe for his uh, football knowledge
3: amazing absolutely amazing I mean it, it, you'll, you'll hear me at the start of the season trying to predict what's going to happen and quite often getting it wrong this is a man who you know writes the football bible at the start of the season the racing post betting guide and I mean he's an encyclopedia of football knowledge as as you'll hear later on I'm sure
1: and also here tonight on the panel um, live on TalkSport are Matt Holland former Republic of Ireland of course player scored in the World Cup captained Ireland captained Ipswich in the Premier League Charlton as well Uh, so we're going to speak to Matt a little bit about his former clubs and the big London to Amsterdam London to Holland bike ride which he's been uh, forced into, not forced into doing but uh, he's going to be doing it because of his name primarily uh, but we're going to start with um, well, a man who's not really been sort of, in management for the last few years but he has managed quite a lot of football league clubs Indeed, former derby manager Former Ipswich Town manager, former Crystal Palace manager,
3: former Southampton manager, former Hearts, former Scotland manager, distinguished playing career as well for Ipswich Town. It's George Burley.
1: George Burley is here tonight, and uh, we were lucky to spend a few minutes chatting to him about a variety of subjects, as you're about to hear. But I started by asking him how important it is uh, that football supports causes like Prostate Cancer UK.
4: I think it's very important um, because I think I think everybody knows, you know, either has had cancer or. Family member, of the families had cancer, or friends, so everybody's aware of it. And the more we can do, the more we can raise friends, can help cure cancer. Actually, you know, be able to give them money to try and get new new drugs that they will, you know, hopefully put it away. So it's very important. And uh, and when you're in, you know, the sort of you know view of the public, uh, it does help. You know, I remember I, I run the London Marathon for Brain Tumor UK um, for that. So, so that you know, that was you know, it was a great feeling to be able to do something like that, and to come to the these events is, is brilliant. And George, uh, just
3: back to one of your to your former clubs, Ipswich Town. I mean, really, the last time they had any sort of success was when you were in charge, and they got up to that, that famous season. We got up to the Premier League and finished finished fifth. And it's been a tough time since really, you know, in the championship, lots of mid-table finishes, but this season Mick McCarthy has done an amazing job, currently sitting third in the table, spent next to nothing on that team. They've got a
4: real good chance of going up But as we come into the last few months of the season do you think they can do it and go up yeah it's been a difficult time over the years um, You know, I was fortunate enough to take them in and um, play in the Premiership and qualify for Europe I think Joe Royal got them into the playoffs but since then it's um, it's been difficult for the fans but they've stuck behind the club they've um, got a tremendous new owner Marcus Evans who has supported the club and you know everybody who's worked here, and Mick McCarthy Cathy's come in and done a fabulous job and you see he's um, at the moment I think certain, you know, they've just went into fourth position but you know they've got, I feel they've got a great opportunity this season they've been you know very consistent um, the home form's been great and I firmly believe that um, this could be the season that Ipswich can get promoted uh, whether it's through the playoffs or automatically so I'm um, having to play for and um, you know I'll be there on Saturday um, we play against Wigan um, but there's a buzz about the place and the town needs it because the town generates its you know, excitement from the football club and um, that's been missing for a number of years but uh, when you go down to Portman Road and about the town everybody's excited about the prospects to try and get back into the Premiership You took them up through the playoffs in that final against Barnsley and whether it
3: be the playoffs rips, which this season, or whether they go up in the top two, as we get into the last few months of the season, what are the sort of things that really make the difference when you get into that crunch, that crunch stage of the
4: season? Yeah, I mean, um, I think like I said talked about consistency. Uh, mixed team, you know, Ipswich This season has been consistent, you know, and I've seen seen virtually all the home games, and they, you know, they work very hard for each other, uh, look very solid. Um, you know, Murphy up front's been. Fin- Phenomenal. He's scoring goals for, you know, and his partnership with David McGoldridge has been very, very good. Uh, they've just brought uh, Sears in and Hunt, you know, in, in the transfer window, which will give them more spent up front. So I think um, it, for me, it looks very
1: encouraging. Um, you've obviously managed at that level, as we just mentioned. Um, obviously, now with so many ex Premier League teams in that division, do you think it's even harder to get out of a division like that? And you've got all these clubs who've got parachute payments and have been in the Premier League. Does that highlight even more what a job he's done to do that? a squad of just £10,000
4: Yeah I think it is tough but it always has been and then you look at the three teams who actually have got parachute money who have came down haven't <laughs> been doing very well so I think in this day and age with freedom of contracts and Mick's shown that you can pick players up and, you know for nothing on freeze, who who's got premiership experience championship experience uh, for nothing so and then that's what Mick's done he's done you say spent virtually nothing we're really pushing for promotion so um, for me you know, he's done an absolutely magnificent job Another one of your old teams, Derby County just signed one of your old
3: players Darren Bent, who uh, scored two goals for Derby in the week and you know, a goal scorer like him really could make a big difference to a team like Derby who missed out so narrowly last season and what sort of impact do you think Darren Bent will have for Derby?
4: Yeah, I mean Darren uh, was a player I've seen since he was 14 years old, um, gave him his debut at 17 uh, great lads, um, always scores your goals for me. Ebsi, uh, was phenomenal. His, his goal-scoring record. I actually seen him before. We, you know, he's played Derby, and he was on the bench and didn't go on And I said to him, you know, when I've seen him in telly in the last few years, it's not the Darren Ben I know. He seems to be worrying about things. So I told him, just go and enjoy it, and the goals will come. For me, he's looking a bit apprehensive. So maybe, you know, going to Derby, fabulous club, great manager. And Steve McLaren has given him a new lease of life because there's no doubt Darren's capable of scoring goals in the Championship for fun, and he could be the difference for Derby to get promotion this season. It's interesting you mentioned that about his apprehensiveness, so
3: because over the last few years it hasn't really gone well for him since he left Sunderland. Really, it didn't really go well for him at Villa, and I've heard a few managers who have worked with him sort of, you know, not picking him and saying that he maybe doesn't do enough for the team. But he has got that goal scoring record. So what do you think went
4: wrong for, for Darren Bent over the last few years? <laughs> Very hard to say. All I can say is, you know, I'd uh, had him since a kid. And, um, and he was f- terrific to work with. He's a player you ought to play to strengths, i.e., he needs to play with, with a striker he can play off. He needs to run onto channels. He'll get an end of things. He's a good finisher and he's good in the air. And he needs to be loved. And Darren, you know, if he's in and out of the team, and, you know, remember Darren went, oh, moved away from Upsheets, went to Premiership Club, and then he's always been used to playing football and always been a regular, and all of a sudden you're not, and you're out of the limelight, it can affect you. And you can see by his body language for me, so that's why I gave him a little kick up the backside and said, come on, Darren. And his dad was there as well, who's a lovely fella as well. And, and, and as I say, he's at a great club with a very good manager.
3: Looking at the situation from outside the game, we can look at players' records and say, oh, why, you know, he score goals here, there and everywhere. Why isn't he scoring? Why isn't he playing well? And I think we can perhaps sometimes underestimate the, the psychological side. Of the players and the difference that a manager can make to a player giving him
4: confidence and that plays such a big part in success of a footballer doesn't it definitely they say you know if you if you're not mentally right it doesn't matter about your ability and what you know quality you've got if you're not confident and enjoying your game and happy you're not going to play well so so that's very important and and if you're not playing regular you know players can get their head down and that's a problem you know if you're playing every week and every week and the manager's picking you all the Time, it gives you a boost and if you're not it can be very difficult especially if it goes on for a long time and that's what I think we've to Darren George
1: Burley talking to us a little bit earlier here at the Men United Arms you listen to a we are going up mini episode special always good to chat to a manager just to get their take on things especially very interesting with Darren Bent as well um, because he is a player who's uh, I mean to all outsiders very bizarre situation at Villa um, but yeah George very much of the opinion that he can uh, turn things around in his career still
3: yeah and I'd have to agree I'd have to agree with it him. I think, as George said, if, the, if in the right team with the right manager, and I think Steve McCarran is a manager who's got a reputation for being not just a good coach, but places a lot of emphasis on the psychological side. You know, sports psychologists who, who work with him um, can get Darren Bent happy in a successful team playing good football, and he's scoring goals already. And I think you know they had some great goal scorers last season, Chris Martin, Craig Bryson, but maybe you know they just fell short in that last match against against QPR at Wembley. And I think if it was to come down to a game in the the last weekend of the season for them to go up or or a playoff final you do fancy them just to get that goal they need if Darren Bent was in their team
1: well one man who was the captain of George Burley's team when he was manager of it when they uh, got promoted got into uh, Europe finished fifth in the Premier League in that famous season um, is Matt Holland uh, now a presenter on TalkSport Prince kickoff on a Friday night Uh, Matt was also here as well on the panel tonight for Prostate Cancer UK and we started by asking him about this event which is happening at the end of the season um, all the way from London to Amsterdam. You might remember we had Lufa Blissett on last year who did the uh, the ride and obviously Matt has been roped in because of a slightly tenuous connection.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it actually. Uh, Talk Sport, of course, who I, who I work for uh, teamed up with Prostate Cancer UK. Uh, we've got this bike ride coming up in June. It's um, London to Amsterdam and because my name's Matt Holland they thought it would be a good idea to get me on board uh, and, and name it Holland to Holland. So they actually asked me to do it last year. I couldn't because I was at a wedding uh, uh, this year uh, no this year I've got no excuses basically yeah exactly so no I'm looking forward to doing it actually it would be a new challenge something different never really cycled before got a mountain bike I used to have a BMX but a racing bike slightly different so looking forward to it though I've,
3: I've seen you play a few uh, games of five a side with a talk sport staff out, outside the offices
0: uh, you're not in bad Nick but uh, you know it's a different kettle of fish going all the way to Amsterdam isn't it yeah it is yeah no fitness isn't too bad I had, actually went for a run this morning so I tried to tick over a little bit but cycling is different I've just spoken to a cycling Specialist actually here tonight, um, and he said he's going to get me fitted up properly on the bike because you can pick up a lot of injuries when you're doing that many miles, when you're doing it if you're doing it wrong, then you're going to get a few injuries. So a little bit worried about that when he said that. So I'm going to get it fitted up properly, um, do the training, and uh, uh, try and get some miles under my belt and then ready for it
1: in June. In terms of Prostate Cancer UK, obviously the Football League official charity partner, how great do you think it is that they've got the backing of 72 clubs and the communities to promote a, a charity like this, which is obviously so important to men?
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, uh, to be honest. I'm not sure how many how many each club are going to get to do the bike ride I know already that, that my former club Ipswich Town have already signed 70 people up the, as for the other clubs I don't know I'm hoping that as a taught sport team we can beat Ipswich <laughs> uh, Simon Milton is heading up that, that team uh, and then we used to play together many years ago so it's a bit of competition on and firstly who can get the most people signed up and secondly who's going to get across that finishing line first as well
3: and speaking of your former team Ipswich Town I mean I, I was speaking about this a few weeks ago on our, on our podcast like Mick McCarthy I mean. He's he is getting a lot of praise, but I don't think he's getting enough praise just for the amazing job that he's done. He spent next to nothing on that team in terms of transfer fees,
0: and you know, they're doing so well. And you know, real chance of going up. He's done brilliantly. I mean, I, I'm a massive fan of, of Mick McCarthy, having played under him for the Republic of Ireland. I'm well aware of how good a manager he is. Uh, he's got a history of getting teams promoted from the Championship into the Premier League, but on this occasion, to do it. With the resources he's had, is is quite phenomenal. Particularly when you look back and you know a couple of previous managers have had quite a bit of money to spend and didn't get anywhere near the playoffs. Uh, Last season there was there was an upturn in performance, and this year to be to be where they are now is nothing short of a miracle. I I think. I mean, I've I felt they'd be around the playoffs. Start the season, if you asked me where they'd finish, I'd sort of said six to eight, something like that. Um, But they pushing closer to the top two I mean talk about money spent Tyrone Mings 10,000 they just just spent a little bit more now on Freddie Sears from Colchester um, but he was out of contract in the summer certainly wouldn't have cost an awful lot of money but when you compare it to a club like Bournemouth who sometimes people say are little old Bournemouth and one of your former clubs as well
3: but I mean they spend millions of pounds on players
0: yeah well yeah and, and I mean I'm, I'm led to believe that the wage bill's quite quite high at Bournemouth as well um, and they've just had bids for, for young grey at um, Birmingham turned down up to three and a half million I think so they're desperately trying to, um, to to get some deals done before that transfer window shuts on, on Monday Um uh if you're spending £3.5 million on the player you put yourselves under pressure to get to get promoted You know, yeah, but they're there to be shot at Bournemouth they are a very good team I watched them last year about three or four times uh, and some of the football they play is, is terrific I, they played at Ipswich last season in a two-all draw uh, and I felt Bournemouth played Ipswich itch off the park and I actually texted Eddie Howe after the game just to say how impressed I was with his team and, and some, of the, uh, you know, some of the football they played was terrific so I felt this year they would go Close. Again, I, th- I felt top six. Um, I, you know, Derby were always my favourites. I felt that Wigan would be close as well. And how, how wrong could I be? But, but um, certainly, you know, Bournemouth I felt and, and Ipswich would be there and thereabouts.
1: Uh, just a final question on another of your former clubs, Charlton. A bit of a different story for them. I think they've had four managers in the last twelve months now. Guy Luzon's the latest to go in there. They've obviously been a club which has stuck by their managers for a long time. Obviously, you played under Alan Kirbishley, who so was there for a long time. Is it a bit of a shame? Do you think that they are seemingly kind of turning over? managers like everyone else.
0: Yeah, it is a shame. Um, uh, you know, I, I I'm slightly biased because I played with him but, but Chris Powell was I felt were doing a, a decent job at, at Charlton obviously got them promoted back from League One into into the championship. I was really upset, really, that, that, that he's, you know, no longer there anymore. And you, you look at the job he's doing at Huddersfield and you realise how, how good a manager he, he is and is going to be as well. So I'm a little bit sad that he's not there. It has been a shame what, what's happened over the last sort of couple of years. Um, uh, you know, at the start of the season, they had a good start under Bob Peters. It has sailed away in recent months and, and he unfortunately has paid, his, paid his, with his job don't know a great deal about the new guy um, I know they've signed someone today from Stanley Asia another midfielder so there has been a lot of um, a lot of personnel coming from, from abroad and from some of the, the feeder clubs of, of the owner I just hope that, the, that in the next couple of years there's a bit of consolidation and we see them flying
1: So that was Matt Holland uh, speaking to us a little bit earlier lovely guy um, you can hear his show on TalkSport on Friday nights this season the Players Lounge I believe it's called 7 o'clock onwards is when you can listen coming up we're going to be speaking to Mark Bishop from Prostate Cancer UK also a man who knows everything there is to know about um, well, football generally.
3: Yeah, football football league, football across the world, all the, the, the smart tips to, to bet on.
1: The kind of guy you in a football pub quiz you think you're going to do well, he comes along and you haven't got, you haven't got a chance.
3: Absolutely. I have actually been to a couple of quizzes okay. w- which Mark Langdon has attended
1: and been on other teams. And yeah, he is your, very much a trump card. Uh, so Mark Langdon from the Racing Post will speak to us soon. Uh, but next we're going to speak to a man um, who's been heavily involved in Prostate Cancer UK. In fact, his club have been heavily involved involved the charity game was at the den last season that you played in the TV advert with Bill Bailey was there And the Ambler
3: yeah chief executive of, of Millwall uh, not having the best of times no. this season on the pitch but they are a club who are off the pitch you know i think continue to defy their unjust reputation that some people still give them Uh, they, they do a lot for prostate cancer uk so it was great to talk to
1: andy tonight okay well you'll hear that in just a second this is the we are going up podcast we've got the football league covered Andy, we're here at the Men United Arms tonight for a big night at Prostate Cancer UK in Talk Sport. Obviously, you do loads with uh, Prostate Cancer UK at Millwall.
5: I'm pleased are you to see that the charity's getting so much publicity? Oh, it's excellent. I mean, it's um, the, obviously been dealing with uh, PC UK now for, what, 18 months, nearly two years. And I think it's going, uh, the, all the media attention and all the, the football's doing is going strength to strength. The link with the Football League is excellent as well. And, um, yeah, we were, we we're very proud at Millwall to be involved. And the attention and things like tonight are, are actually saving people's lives. And that's what it's all about. Uh, and you, you know, Millwall very much a, a sort
3: of flag bearer, really, for, for Prostate
5: Cancer UK. The Football League as a
3: whole has got on board, but really, you really have pushed the envelope in terms of publicly supporting the, the charity on your shirts, loads of advertising at the ground. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's great to see a club doing that.
5: We, we were proud to do it, we were pleased what it, it did. I mean, we got something out of it as well. And I mean, that the staff, the fans, the, the players, it was uh, the response from everybody was a collective of, of actually, we're doing something really, really. Good here, so you know, yeah, you you know, the traditional view you get sponsor, you put them on a shirt, and you do, but this was different, and it actually brought a staff and the players and the fans closer together in a way, so it worked for us as well. But the Football League um, link was um, PC UK was with the Football League first, and then we came along and did the shirt, and then but it went on from that with the um, men of men on the back of every number, so it's on every shirt of the Football League this year. And you know, um, I'm on the board of directors of the Football League, and I have to say, we took the idea dear to them, and um, you know, Sean Harvey, the chief exec there, took that on board and took it further than I actually believed they ever would. So um, it, it's amazing how that idea came out of a of a quick lunch and a couple of pints one one lunchtime, and, and, and these were the best things that come out of it. But to say that every football league club has you know the the PC UK logo on it this year is uh, it's pretty unbelievable from where we were. Now, Andy, just a, a couple of questions
3: on this season. Obviously, it hasn't gone to plan so far. Good start but since it's it's fallen into bad form but you've chosen to back the manager a number of new signings have come in over the last few weeks I mean how confident are you at this stage of getting out of trouble
5: um, as confident as we can be. confidence is is higher than it was a few weeks ago because we brought the new players in and um, you know, the performances have been better but they're not you know up to the level we need them to be we've got 19 games to go starting at Forest away this Saturday and uh, to, in order to um, bridge the gap but we were in a Similar position last year. Last year we changed the manager, um, and you know it was the last eight games of the season that we went on an unbeaten run and saved ourselves. I mean, we've got 19 games, a bit a bit longer, but you know the new players need to gel. I think we saw a response on our game on Tuesday night when we we drew at home with 10 men for a lot of the game. So the, the spirit is there. I think the fans have responded magnificently to uh, the changes. That the, the, the person that needs to take all the plaudits is the chairman because you know it, it, it's sometimes easy to miss your manager it's not quite as easy to change your squad around in the mid-season and he's put the money up to do it so you know uh, fair play to John Berylson. the fact that he, he wants continuity and stability at his football club and um, and that's what he, he, he actually preaches that's what we're going to try and do and we'll see where we go hopefully it'll uh, keep us in the championship
3: uh, you, you say there you, you know it is easy to, to look at the manager in times of trouble and say they're the ones that need to go the fans are often quick to blame the manager but you've been brave in a way and said no we're going to stick by Away. He kept us up last season. We're going to back into do the same this season. Uh, and another brave decision that, that Ian and the club have made recently is to give the, the captain's armband to 19-year-old Sid Nelson in, in a relegation
5: battle in the Championship. That's, that's pretty unheard of to do, but it shows great faith in, in a young player there. Sid's got a great future ahead of him. Unfortunately, Sid got sent off on Tuesday <laughs> night and uh, misses the next three games. But that shows the passion he's got. And I think the manager sent a message out to the fans, to the other players, that, you know, we need passion. Sid's been uh, Sid's family are Millwall through and through. He's been at the club many years, even though he's, he's 19 as you say I think we'll be careful with Sid you know a lot of people say oh you'll ruin if you're not careful and you know they're right to a degree we can't I mean, he was, for, David Ford was back as captain on Tuesday night um, but you know we, we need leaders we need new heroes at Millwall you know, we've, we've had some fantastic players over the last few years you know Paul Robinson ended his, his career and went to Portsmouth you know, people like Robbo have made Millwall what they are but you know you need to move on you need to get new heroes as I say and, and Sid could be uh, with us for a long time and be that new hero and, and you know Robbo came into a side way back when um, when Millwall was struggling as well and you know then he had an illustrious career and, and captained the team many times so we hope that can be the case as well This is a
6: We Are Going Up special I'm Mark Langdon from the Racing Post and you know every week I have to predict which teams in the Football League are going to win it's not easy obviously uh, the Football League is such an unpredictable one but I give it a good go
3: and, uh, and Mark every season when we do our, our our pre season preview podcast, I'm usually there clutching onto the racing post uh, season betting preview, which is like a bible for Football League fans and all football fans, really, at the start of the season. So, we're just over halfway through the season now. I mean, listeners will be well aware of how bad some of my predictions have been, but I mean, how do you think it's going so far? I mean, are there any, you know, compared to what you thought maybe would happen at the start of the season?
6: Well, I think in the Championship, the one that surprised me the most has been Brentford. I, I, I knew they were a progressive club, but I wasn't quite sure that they'd be able to push on for the top six, but every time I've seen them play, they look every bit as good as most of the teams around them. I think Alex Pritchard's been a a fantastic loan signing from Spurs, so I think he's definitely one that's got a future in the Premier League, there's no doubt about that. Bournemouth are playing the best football in the division, but they've got some big ones on their tails now with Derby and Middlesbrough, who are two favourites at the moment
1: to go up. And in terms of disappointment, Wigan obviously got to the playoffs last season, They were, I think they were in my top two to go up automatically, and they're going to be lucky to stay up at this rate?
6: Well, they are, and it's sort of almost a case of last one out, switch off the lights because of the amount of players they've lost. You know, Maloney and Forshaw, he, he's gone to Middlesbrough, and Watson's gone, and Ramis has also left as well this week. So I think Malcolm McKay has just got to keep them up somehow. But at the moment, you know, you're looking at the bottom, you're saying, okay, Blackpool are gone, Millwall are in big trouble. That third spot is looking like them at the moment. Now, uh, eventually, you'd think that they, they end up being too good to go down, but I, I'm, I'm not sure really that they are. I mean, you look at the squad list and think surely you know Wigan won't suffer successive you know relegations and not successive ones but you know from the playoffs mm. uh, and then go back down so you know, they were so close to promotion last season but this team is playing some pretty horrible football as well at the moment it has to be said
3: yeah I absolutely agree with you and it, it is remarkable when you see how many players have, have left really when you look at not just in, in January but quite a lot left in, in the summer really
6: but maybe we should have, should have looked at them I can't help but think that maybe they just would have been better sticking with Rosler I, I understand what you're saying but I felt he was a very negative manager, or particularly away from home. Now, obviously, things have not worked out since they got rid of him. And, you know, I think that the Malky Mackay decision was a strange one for me, given what was hanging over his head at the time. It was always going to bring unnecessary pressure, I feel, on a manager. But, yeah, I can understand why they got rid of Rossler. But obviously, it now looks a bad decision because they're in an even worse state. Another one would be Brighton, who I fancied for the top six. I think they're a very progressive team. Just didn't work out in the Samahir a So, often. I'd look at the stats and they dominate possession, shots, shots on target, but they were desperately lacking a goal scorer. I think Chris Euton will benefit, not necessarily by doing anything different, just from a change of luck as much as anything else, because I don't see a completely different team, just one that's now getting the breaks that they weren't before.
1: In League One, Sheffield United obviously have done so well in the Cups this season. They might still get a big tie against Manchester United maybe in the FA Cup. Um, I don't think they're even in the playoff spots at the minute. Um, How do you see see the top of League One? Obviously, Bristol City and Swindon are really setting the pace up
6: Yeah, I think Swindon are the best footballing team in the division. I know that that's a big call with MK Dons, and most people really like MK Dons, but I think Swindon are a fantastic team to watch, probably one of the best uh, footballing teams in the whole of the Football League, never mind just League One. I think they've got it absolutely spot on with the transfer business in terms of bringing through players that didn't quite make it at the Premier League, the likes of Luongo, who's definitely going up to the Championship with or without Swindon next season. You know, um, Williams, of course, is scoring a lot of goals for them at the moment, they've got very good variety to their attack and I think they'll definitely finish in the top two Bristol City are doing really well at the moment I've just got a little almost squiggled by their name because in how many years have I've seen Bristol City in League One in that division and then when they were in the Championship they should be almost pushing on for the Premier League and they find ways of struggling come the end of the season now, I hope that they, that they don't this time around because um, they've been one of the best two teams throughout they've shown the best consistency I think their formation has worked really well they've got good options up front You know, Wilbraham's been missing for a while and Agard was out as well it hasn't affected them that much so you would imagine that those two would go up but I've been very disappointed with Preston the Joe Garner injury I think really killed their automatic hopes I think MK Dons will fall just short and I wouldn't want to be fancying them in the playoffs because they've not got the best of records in the playoffs so um, maybe it could be another disappointment for MK Dons they've got to keep hold Valley in the transfer window even if that means selling him and bringing him back on loan because he's a standout player in the division.
3: And let's let test your knowledge even further, which I'm sure you'll be fine with. At League Two, obviously the teams up there: Wickham, Burton, Luton are having a good season. Southend, Shrewsbury as well. So it's just a
6: tight at the top of League Two. Oh yeah, I mean picking a winner of this one seems almost as difficult now as what it did back back in August. In August I went for Southend, and they've they've had, been on some really good runs. I think Phil Brown's got the team defensively how he'd like it, and he's brought in some loan players. Recently. Piggott from Cholton. Um, I spoke to Phil Brown recently on TalkSport when off air he was very confident that Piggott and Cassidy would do the business for him up front and if they didn't they would push on the likes of Barry Corr and Quarter to you, you know to push them over the line for automatic so I still think they'll be there or thereabouts because they've had a couple of good results recently. Burton just keep going I thought that maybe Gary Rowe you know losing him would be too big a blow for them but it hasn't turned out to be. Hasselbank has come in I don't think he's radically changed anything. Maybe playing a little bit more football, but they, they still look like going up. Uh, Shrewsbury, their home form's all important for them, and you, you'd think the way they've been playing at home, they would accumulate enough points. I think Bury have been a slight disappointment, particularly um, away from home. I know they got the win against Accrington last time out, but I, I think they could possibly uh, miss out, but it's fascinating because you know, you've know you got the likes of Luton as well in there that I felt would just miss out on even the top seven, but as they, they look a typical John Steele seem to me so i I think they could be the ones if they get in the playoffs i'd always back john Steele. i think he's a fantastic manager Uh, of course mark you are you are a betting man and
3: i I suppose we should finish off with just maybe maybe one from each division if you can off the top of your head kind
6: of a a value pick for someone that might make a, a late charge into the playoffs Oh, in terms of the championship, the one I like it. They're already in the playoff spots, but they're not really being spoken about as a playoff team, and that's Brentford, who I mentioned earlier. So I'll go for them to get promoted because if they get in the top six, no fear for them because they're not expected to go up. They'll be against bigger teams where almost, you know, the likes of Derby and Middlesbrough will be feeling the heat if they if they're in and around those positions. So I'll go for them in in that division. In terms of League One, I'll go for Swindon to win it rather than because at the moment Bristol City are quite strong favourites, but I think Swindon can match them and leapfrog them and and eventually go on to the title, like I mentioned earlier, I think they're they're, they're such a strong team, and in League 2 the ones that I think are most underrated would probably be Burton now, obviously they're in and among the the promotion favourites at the moment, but Shrewsbury take up a lot of the betting market because I think everybody expects them to go up, but I think Burton Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, if anything is being slightly underrated, you know, because uh, normally you, you overrate managers that have got such a, a brilliant pedigree in terms of playing but he's somebody that's done the hard yards you know in, in lower leagues elsewhere and I, I think I think they could win the title
1: that man really is an encyclopedia on everything football if we need another co-host yes. at all we need to get him in check out the racing post obviously for more of that kind of stuff from Mark and you can hear him on talk sport as well um, on the breakfast show is it he pops in occasionally uh, all over the place okay <laughs> fair enough um, right one man who we really wanted to talk to tonight is Mark Bishop from uh, Prostate Cancer UK obviously put on this whole event the Men United campaign uh, has restarted you can find it more if you go to Prostate Cancer UK's website and we started by asking Mark about the event here tonight at the Men United Arms
2: so the Men United Arms is the very first pub that the charity's launched and it's all about bringing men together keeping male friendships alive and we're really pleased tonight to have TalkSport doing an outside broadcast talking about the transfer window talking about football getting us guys talking about the stuff we love
3: and I do believe there's a, a big uh, bike ride coming up isn't there from London to Amsterdam uh, Matt Holland's going to be going on from, from TalkSport but i Understand, you know,
2: you want people to get involved for, to raise money for prostate cancer. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on there. So we've got a nice pun on words there in Holland taking us to Holland and we uh, had 150 people take part last year. We expect to double that this year and it's the ride that's endorsed and part of the partnership with the Football League. So it's the official bike ride that Prostate Cancer UK are doing with the Football League and if anything like last year we had at least 50 clubs put in, former players, sometimes managers and owners and of course fans taking part. So it's a really great celebration of cycling and football bringing different
1: teams together for a common purpose. Last year, we had a couple of um, your ambassadors on uh, talking about the Men United campaign. Obviously, Bill Bailey doing the advert Millwall and the big charity game, which uh, Dave had played in unsuccessfully. Um, did you win or did you lose the We I think we were robbed. Right, OK. Um, so tell us a little bit about the campaign this year because you've just launched it again um, on the day we are recording yesterday.
2: Well, let me just firstly pick up on that, that match last year. So we played down at the Den and it was a Men United um, eleven versus the Politicians, so the UK Parliamentary Party. And uh, the politicians had, if I remember, Laurie McMenamy as their manager, and they were losing 4-0, yeah, and came back to win 6-5. But rumour has it, there was 12 politicians on the pitch at some time. Um, <laughs> but actually, the great thing was every goal scored, £100 was donated to the charity. So One
3: of them had a whistle in his mouth and was wearing a black shirt, yeah.
2: It. And actually, what was lovely about that day was uh, there's a, guy, a big black guy called Errol in goal, and Errol's been involved with football for all his life, and it's the first time he'd played football again since having his operation for prostate cancer. It's a lovely story behind it and uh, he, even though he's laid in six goals, you know, it's just great to have him on the pitch have it, have him happy and healthy. But to turn our attention to this year's campaign, so we've got a fantastic campaign this year. It's all about Men United still, um, but it's about bringing men together not just through football, through other sports, through pubs and just giving guys a chance to see their mates more, celebrate friendship and just celebrate what it's like to be a man alive and happy and well these days. Before, like we, the Men United campaign and the work you've done with the Football League
3: and Millwall and, you know, and with people like us, I'll admit that prostate cancer wasn't really on my radar. And I imagine it's probably the same for a lot of football fans out there. I mean, in the time that you, since you started the Men United campaign, I mean, what do you think the response has been from like, the, the, the public
2: out there? Well, we know that awareness of prostate cancer is improving and we put that down to talking to men where they like to be talked about. So notionally, we said about five years ago in the charity, we've got to get to the guy on the terraces and talk to men in football grounds. And actually, we just know that guys don't go to the doctor's surgery to pick up a leaflet, but seeing a programme ad, hearing a Tannoy announcement, seeing something on the favourite club's website, seeing their favourite player wearing our badge or the manager, that makes a difference. So we unquestionably know that the world of football is a way to bring uh, prostate cancer to men's lives.
1: Uh, just a final one from me about the Football League. How great is it to have the support of uh, so many clubs? Obviously, you had the, um, the logos on the, the, the shirts. A lot of, You see a lot of the ex-players wearing the, the badges. And um, What's that support been like for the Well,
2: what's great, you know, you've got 72 clubs, very strong 72 communities, but they're all obviously fighting for um, league dominance, but actually they come together to support the charity. And actually, when you get into it, so many of these clubs are really well run, um, real loyal fan base, great ownership kind of there. And we've been really, uh, I guess, humbled by the the amount of support we've had. And uh, Millwall has been a great example of of that, giving us the shirt sponsorship last year. We just started working with Fulham and the guys at Fulham are really passionate about making difference for men's health and um, just gives me a positive sense about what the football league's all about
1: so that was mark bishop head of fundraising at prostate cancer uk chatting to us a little bit earlier big thank you to all the guests who've spoken to us here tonight the live broadcast is still going on as you can hear uh, in the background but we're going to keep this short and sweet uh, for this week i should say before i get into what what i wanted to say to you mark i should just
3: reiterate what mark said get to prostatecanceruk.org. sign up for men united uh, whether it's going on the bike ride to amsterdam or whether it's just you know getting Giving some money to somebody that's doing it, or, or anything, you know, just be, being aware and telling your dad about it, telling your uncle or your brother, whatever it is, getting yourself checked it's very important that you get behind the cause. But earlier, Mark, when Mark Landon was talking about League Two, he didn't know that you were a Barry fan. No, he didn't. And I wanted to mention, but I thought I'd let him get on with it because he was in, he was in the zone. Um, but Barry, you know, he said that he thinks they're going to slip out of the playoff zone. You did get a win the other night, though, didn't
1: you? Two wins. We so think we've won three of our last four games. We're back into. We've got a big game on Saturday, which. Well, depending on when you're listening to this, might have already happened, but we've got Burton away. So we're going to one of our rivals. And I was at the reverse game earlier in the season when we absolutely battered them. I don't think it's going to be quite that kind of story uh, this time. But it's been a positive couple of weeks for us, generally. For your side, you've scored uh, how many? 12 12 goals in the last two games, including seven in about 20 minutes on Saturday.
3: Yeah, I think it was seven in 36 minutes officially, yeah. I mean, at half-time in that game against Blackpool, I, I was at work that day and I was thinking, you know, there was a lot of teams who weren't playing because of the FA cup and i thought this is a real opportunity here for us to make up ground uh, on some of the other teams around us and then what were we doing 2-0 down to blackpool to <laughs> blackpool at half time typical of us over the last few years fluffing our lines against the, the poor teams but i thought if we get that first goal in the second half surely we'll do it Surely we'll do it. We got it straight away. Odin Igarlo, who I was speaking about in last, the last, last time out on the pod, um, scored four in the second half. Dini got one, Angela got one, Vidra got one. I mean, an amazing half of football for us. And we're on a roll right now. It's, it's looking good. And the thing that I'm most pleased about, not just the form of Igarlo, but the manager, Ikanovic. I like him. When things are going wrong, whether it's a bad result or a bad performance at halftime, he makes changes. And that was the thing that Zola really never had had. He had one way of playing. If it didn't work, he didn't really have anything else in his locker. As much as I love him, big big game next for us on Friday night. You may it may have already happened by the time you listen to this, but on Friday night, down at Bournemouth against Bournemouth, a huge game. If we win, we'll go third, I think, but we'll be level with with a team in second place, and you know, we'll be right in there.
1: We will um, when we do the next proper show in the studio. We'll chat a bit more about what's been going on in the football league, but very very quickly, we do have to mention Middlesbrough and Bradford for pulling off those incredible cup results. How good is PS? Peterborough versus Bradford going to be for us now after that.
3: Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, will they take their eye off the ball though? I suppose when you if It's
1: well, still a few weeks before we go to that game.
3: Yeah, if you're looking at it from a Peterborough perspective, it might be a good thing for them. But
1: um, incredible, wasn't we it? You can't really do it justice in a short two-minute chat. I no, will no. say, Bantams Banter. You've got to listen to their latest episode. Obviously, we had um, we had Dom in particular on quite a lot a couple of years ago when they got to the League Cup final. Uh, he got punched on Saturday. Really? Celebrating one of the goals. Listen, oh, like, it, like it by Tom. Like in a a, a, No, no. um, They were commentating. I think they're in the press area again, um, alongside all the radio people. And um, I don't think there's much of a barrier between them and the normal fans. And um, yeah, this Chelsea fan just had enough of them to go mental (laughs) and uh, landed one on it. They do make a lot of noise, but that's a bit harsh, I think. Yeah, you can uh, check out Bantam's Banter if you go to the Bantam's Banter website. Um, Also, for us, audible.co.uk slash going up. If you want to sign up for a free one month trial, free audio book you can have on us. Also, if you go to the website, wearegoingup.co.uk, and follow the links, Paddy Power. Can sign up for um, a account there and you can get a free 20 quid better if you're better fiber. And also, the final thing to mention is the football pools. You get a free month if you sign up by going to the bottom of our uh, homepage, wearegoingup.co.uk. You can hear Mark Saggers going on in the background. I think we should get back downstairs. Um, thank you very much for listening. We'll speak to you next time on We Are Going Up. We're getting a round of applause to end. <laughs> Perfect. First time for everything. This is the We Are Going Up
5: podcast. We've got the Football League covered. <laughs>